Hello and welcome. This is a new spin on autism. Answers. It's a place where I boldly go where no host has gone before. I actually seek more than autism awareness. I seek conclusions from the evidence and create answers so that we can actually figure out what to do with this thing. So here we are together again. I'm Lynette Louise, your story teacher host, and today's episode is really, really cute. I'm so excited because and I'm always talking about my family, so I had my family on the show. Some of them. I have a big family. I could only have a few on. Today is Are You Normal Too? And I will be speaking with two of my grandchildren. It's so cute. And also, I'm going to kick it off with my son, Rye. Before we get to that, though, I want to remind you that coming down the pipe, we have the great guest giveaway, the new part of the show where you are guaranteed to have a giveaway. So you want to hang in for that. And that'll be Julie Sando of Autistically Inclined. And and then uh, following that is the most looked for stories from the road. I'm not going to say too much today. I wanted to bring up, though, what our question is. You know, we have to have a question in order to get an answer. So the question, do you have to be really young? I mean, it's a very uh, strongly held belief that when trying to help someone who has autism, that they need to be seven or younger, five or younger, four or younger, depending on who you ask, in which therapy you're approaching. There's also a belief that a lot of people hold that you should not tell the children they're autistic. In fact, I worked with a boy and still do work with a boy who the parents don't feel it's correct to tell the child that he's autistic. We have a difference of opinion on this. I personally think that knowing what's up for you is, well, it's like getting a diagnosis. It's not that you parents necessarily want the diagnosis of autism, but you want to know what you're grappling with. You want to know what it is that you're dealing with so you know how to proceed. So I think this is true of the children as well, and I thought it would be really neat to ask at least one of the guests, you know, is it easier knowing you're autistic, or should I have kept it to myself? I'm going to ask my son, I think. Without further ado, I am going to introduce you to a marvelous young man who was initially diagnosed with infantile autism, fetal alcohol syndrome, retardation, and um, when I adopted him, he was one and a half, and he couldn't walk, but he could climb to the top of the highest shelf and jump out at you when you came in the room. So you had to kind of walk in the room with arms open, hoping that if he was going to jump, you'd catch him. It was uh, scary. It was delightful. It was an adventure. And <laughs> and here he is, my son, Rye. He's now 23. Hey, Rye. Hey, Mom. How's it going? I hear you guys had rain finally. Oh, yeah. It's so awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing like a drought to make you appreciate a little water. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> it's a big relief. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. It's better for your job, too. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Hey, hey buddy, I had some questions I wanted to ask you. So if you don't mind, I'm going to just jump into them, okay? Okay. So first of all, you're my son, right? Yep, I am. <laughs> um do you remember that time that you took Dar out in the middle of winter and you left him on the corner and then you came home? Oh, yes, I did. I was, like, really young. Do you remember whether he had shoes on or not? 
Um, I don't think you had any shoes. <laughs> <laughs> when I was doing the other show, they had a, a product where you had a thermometer, and the thermometer was for the kids to look at on the wall and see what the temperature was and how they should get dressed. You know, like, for example, if it's cold, the thermometer would point at a jacket and boots. I have a question for you. If I would have had that thermometer on the wall, would you have still taken your brother with no shoes? Um, yeah, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> I think so, too. <laughs> and thank you for being honest, Ry. That was really funny. Okay, so let's ask, let's talk about a couple of things. One is you're autistic, or you were autistic. Are you autistic now? Um, a teeny bit. What do you mean? Well, I mean... I um have I still have a little bit of a stem. Oh, what's that? Well, I mean, I still you know put like a pen point to my to my face. I do that uh, because I because uh, I like the feeling of the cold metal touching my uh, skin. Oh, 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 oh! You're talking about that thing you do when you're sitting there and you touch the pen to the side of your eye. You yeah. know what, Ryan? I don't know if that makes you autistic. I mean. A lot of people chew their pencils or they wiggle their leg or they have habits. Having a habit because you enjoy it is not really what I would call an autistic thing. I would say if the habit controls you, then it's different. So now my question is, if I tell you, yeah, like you get it, right? Like if I said to you, Ry, don't do that with the pen, people are looking at you. First of all, by the way, it looks very normal what you do. But let's say that I said to you, Ride, you know, that's probably not a good thing to do right now. And would you be able to stop? Yeah. Would it make you uncomfortable to stop? Uh, no. Okay. So then it's just a habit of thing you like to do. Um, I wouldn't call that being still a little bit autistic. All right. So what was your very favorite stim when you were a kid? Um... Oh, I used to put my, um, like when I was really little, I, I used to put my uh, mouth on tailpipes. That was your favorite one? I hated that one. Yeah, I used to Do, do you know what my favorite was? Oh, uh, yeah? 1985, when you used to carve 1985. Oh, yeah. Did you like that one? <laughs> yeah, I do. You still like it? Um, Right now, no. What makes a stem go away? Why do you like it so much at one point and then it goes away? Um, well, um, I think, I think like you just get over that thing. Just get enough of it? Yeah, and you get over it. Well, is it when you get a new idea? Which one? I think it's when you get a new idea. Well, what's the best thing about your life now? Uh, now? Mm-hmm. Um, that I have a pretty bright future ahead of me. What's the best thing about you? Um, the best thing about me is that I pay my own bills. I don't rely on people that much. That's the best thing about me. I think that's a really cool thing about you, but one of my favorite things about you is I like uh, funny. Funny's good. It's good to laugh. Oh, yeah. I like funny, too. What was it like being autistic? Um, being interested in, in things that other like most other kids are not interested in like mufflers and heaters and and stuff like that. Color orange and the color green and. Well, and bed sheets and 
Yeah, yeah. So just having different, different interests. Yeah. Was it fun being autistic? Um, yeah, a little bit. Was it always fun? Yeah. That's cool. Is it fun not being autistic? Um, yeah. Okay. Which one's better? Um, I think they're about the same. That's an interesting and awesome answer. Okay. So I worked really hard and I could have just left you alone. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) So what kind of a man are you? Um... A funny man. Oh, come on. I gave you that idea. Come on. What kind of a man do you think you are? Oh, um, someone who pays his own bills and is going to be a uh, truck CDL driver. That's what you're going to be. What what kind of man are you? Are you a hardworking man? Are you a focused man? Are you a lazy man? Are you a caring man? What kind of, what would you call yourself? Uh, Hardworking man. I would too. All right, I have a question. Do you think that parents should tell their children they're autistic if they are? I don't know about about that. Well, what do you think? Let's say that I had never told you you were autistic. Do you think that would have made it harder or easier? Harder. Why? I'd be confused. Well, I mean, if you didn't tell me I was autistic, um, I wouldn't know why people are rejecting me and getting annoyed with me and, you know. Not being my friend. And then it would be hard to know how to fix it, right? Yeah. That's kind of what I think, too. But I was just wondering if you agreed with me. Um, what helped you the most? Um, what helped me, helped me the most? Mm-hmm. Um, no feedback. Really? Yeah, That's no cool. feedback rocks. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Well, I think you helped yourself pretty well, too. Yeah, I helped. I think um, me and your feedback. Okay, um, one more question. So you had brothers that were also autistic. So what did that did that matter to you? Was that uh, part of your life, or were you just busy with yourself? Um, I think I was kind of busy with myself. Yeah. Okay. Well, if Dar wouldn't have been autistic, though, who would you have put in the dryer? Um, I'm not putting that on the radio. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe I will. (laughs) Well, I mean, let's be honest. If Dar hadn't been so terribly special needs, you wouldn't have got away with so much. (laughs) (laughs) Did it ever make you feel smarter having Dar? Um, not really. He's just very different from you, right? Not really feel superior to him or compare myself to him. That's interesting. Right, one last question. Do you think that a special needs class is a good idea or that people should be one-on-one like how when we homeschool? What do you think works better? Uh, one-on-one in homeschool. What about at one point you weren't in a special needs class, you were just integrated where you were you had a helper and you were in the regular class. So let's look at all three. Regular help with a helper, regular class with a helper, um, special needs class, or homeschooling. What do you think is best? Homeschooling. Why? Uh, I think because you learn more. You don't, I mean, you learn the, the more important things like life and living, not the, uh, not just the, the stupid things they teach you in school. Okay. Those are really good answers. 
So this is your chance to give advice. Okay. So maybe somebody who's autistic is wanting to know what they could do to help themselves or a mom or a dad, whatever you think is a good person to tell something to. Do you have any advice for them? What should they do different? Uh, do what you did. Well, that's a lot. <laughs> I'm not sure they can do what I did. Um, what's that? What, when you say do what you did, what's that? You know, I take them out of school and homeschool them. Uh, different, like different stuff, like more important things, like life and and the world and stuff. Reading a map, paying your bills, stuff like that, right? Yeah. All right, right. Thank you so much. Yeah, you're welcome. Awesome. Yes. <laughs> I love Thank you. you. I love you, too. Bye, sweetie. Have a Bye. good day. You, too. You're listening to a new spin on Autism Answers. I'm Lynette Louise, your story teacher host, and today's episode is, Are You Normal, Too? That's assuming that I'm normal, and we're asking if they are as well. So we're talking to a lot of ASD people today. I'm very just having so much fun and I'm excited to move to the next bit but I want to remind you to stick to the end because we have the new section called the great guest giveaway and of course stories from the road next up my truly adorable grandson hey 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 all right let me introduce you to everybody this is Declan he is my youngest grandson and when he was very little, about five months old, he started avoiding eye contact, screaming all night long, um, became sensory defensive, didn't want to be touched except by his mom or me if I was jumping on the trampoline or dancing. Um, he started to be very, very, very different. And so we did some special stuff with him. And he is here to talk to us. Hi, Deck. Hi. Hi, buddy. Hi. I know you're fine. You're Thanks more than fine. Back, okay, say that again. Now you have to talk kind of slower and a okay. bit clearer. So okay. what did you say? Thanks to narrow feedback, I am better. Wow. I am not. I can look into people's eyes sometimes, and actually most of the time. And my bulimic system isn't as bad. Your what isn't as bad? Bulimic system throwing up. Oh, the throwing up thing. Yeah, that's kind of interesting, isn't it, the way you used to just throw up all the time? Yeah. What made you throw up? Do you remember? Yeah, any cause of anything thing that would usually make people go, like, ill or something like that, that usually just cause it. Or it just happened. Okay, so let's let's go through a couple of things. Like, for example, if you eat outside, right? Yeah, of course I'd throw up. What do you mean, of course? I don't throw up when I'm outside. Why do you throw up when you eat outside? Because I see bugs. And bugs make you throw up? Instant throw up, just like that. Really? Like so, the, so the more grossed out you get, the more likely you'll throw up. Is that what you mean? Mm-hmm. Does that work just for things you see, or does it work with stuff you smell, or what? Stuff I smell, stuff I see, stuff I feel. Like what? What, what could you feel that would make you throw up? A zit. A zit. Yeah, that might make some people throw up. I can understand. Anything else that would make you throw up that you would touch? Um, no, probably just mainly things that feel awkward. 
but probably something that might be like Rockies and soft and all mushy. Yeah, I I I will most likely vomit. Okay. So tell me something. What is more likely to make you vomit? Stuff you see, stuff you smell, or stuff you touch? Which one's the worst one? Stuff I see. Really? I remember we were talking, actually, we, you and I were talking in the kitchen, and you were explaining to, to me something about how your eyes make you throw up. Do you remember that? Yeah, sometimes I see things. And bugs, oh, come on. People... You know how, like, bugs get on your food? Uh, it makes me feel like they'll fly into my drink, and so and so I can't drink. And my brother told me, he told me about, um, he had a cup, and there mm-hmm. was a June bug in it. Mm-hmm. So now I'm very, very cautious. Okay. And do you remember anything else? About being kind of autistic? Do you remember any of that stuff? No, because I was better before um, I could remember. I was probably like about two by the time everything was better. I'm better, but now I'm way better actually from then. So mainly I can go a full day without throwing up. Do you remember having big screaming fits at all? No. You don't? Well, that's not good. We do. (laughs) (laughs) I'm teasing you, Declan. Um, How do you feel about knowing that you used to have those problems and now you don't? Like being called autistic from when you were a baby and now... Actually, I didn't like it when I was little being autistic because everything is different completely. Usually when you're now, you can talk to friends and all that stuff. So you didn't like it because it was so different when you were little, and now you like it? Yeah. Yeah, you're right. You did really good. Thank you. Do you have any advice you want to give people, Declan, that are trying to help their kids? Yeah. Ask my grandma. Tell the call her and make sure that she knows exactly how bad it is, and she will come with, she will help them, and they will be fine. And Mainly she's, like, helping lots and lots of people all over the world, so. <laughs> Declan, that's so cute. <laughs> I love you. I did not make him say that. <laughs> Thank you. But do you have any advice about how not to throw up, for example? No. No? Yeah. When you're going to throw up, you're just stuck with it? Yeah, or or mainly close your eyes and think of delicious food. Does that work? Yeah. Lemons. What did you do with lemons? Tell me about, tell people about how you stopped your throwing up. Well, I used to close my eyes, pretend it's not there, and just pretend I'm in a cafe. There's no bugs, just me with delicious food, and mainly I'd be in ice cream. Oh, the best. That's That's great, but what about when you would smell the lemons and stuff? Did that help? Yes, it did, actually. It helped a lot. Okay. So, in other words, you're changing what your brain is is smelling and seeing, right? Mm-hmm. Perfect. See, that's good advice. Now somebody who has the same problem, Declan, they'll be able to think, oh, I have to give my child a different smell or a different vision, and they'll be able to stop throwing up. So you did help somebody just now. That's cool, huh? Mm-hmm. All right.
Thank you, sweetie. I want to talk to your brother, okay? Okay. You helped a lot. Thank you. Hello? Hey, is it Shay? Yes, it is. Okay, Shay, I'm going to just tell everybody, this is Shay, and he loved Thomas the Train. Oh, he loved Thomas the Train so much. And um, where Declan, we recognized uh, his autism so young, we never bothered to get him diagnosed, because by then, we I had dealt with so much autism, it was pretty obvious. With Shay, it took us longer to notice. So by the time Shay was four, he still wasn't talking. But he was in love with Thomas the Train. So, hi, Shay. How are you? I'm good. Oh, you know what? I forgot to ask your brother how old he is, so we need someone to say it. So, how old is Declan? Uh, he's 11. Okay. And how old are you? I'm 13. Okay. Thank you, dear. Um, do you remember back when you were autistic? Uh, I think I still kind of am. I love that you said that. Why do you think you still kind of are? Well, um... Well, I do things that people wouldn't normally do. Um, I still kind of act like a baby a lot. It's kind of embarrassing to say. I think it was really brave of you to say that. It's kind of manly, actually. So in what way do you act like a baby? What do you mean? Um, do I necessarily have to say? No, you don't have to do anything. You're Thank talking you. to me and you only share what you want to share. I think okay. you were brave to say that, and you can leave it like that if you want. You I want to leave it like that? Yeah, because I know people are going to listen to this. Okay, so let's leave it like that. That was brave. So, all right, do you think you're different than when you were little? Or? Um, yeah. Okay, so in what way have you changed? Well, in one, I used to suck my fingers a lot. Mm-hmm. And I used to talk... Like, using my throat and not even actually talking. Can you do it for us? That's exactly what you did. That's right. Yeah. It was really cute. You used to walk around going, (laughs) You remember that? Mm Mm-hmm. What else do you remember? Uh, Not too much. Uh, Well, I remember how... Just one day, I just started talking. Do you know what did it for you that helped you start talking? Do you remember? I do not. We used sign language. I got your hands busy. Do you, do you remember what you used to do on the top of your lip? Um, bite it? No. Do you remember anything about stuff being sticky? Does that sound familiar? No. Well, when you were little, you used to try to put sticky stuff on the spot... You know, on the top of your, above your lip, between your nose and your lip, that spot there? Mm -hmm. You would put sticky stuff there, and you would be constantly touching it and sucking your fingers. And that was kind of what is called a stim. You would do it over and over and over and over and over while playing with Thomas the Train. And I think part of why you couldn't talk was that you were so busy with your sensory stuff that you were doing that you couldn't keep your mouth working. So we started doing, we took sign language just to help you so that we could do special kind of sign language where you had to move your hands a lot and get them busy and make our faces look really fun so that you would copy it more. Does that sound familiar at all? Yeah, it kind of does. Yeah, and that's how we got you started talking and moving your lips instead of just your throat. Cool, huh? Mm Mm-hmm. 
you still love Thomas? Well, I don't hate it. <laughs> but you're not fixated? No. I yeah. still have the books. I'm still waiting for someone to want them. Yeah. So what I think someone does want them. I don't I know who they Well, after they hear this, that you, would you give them to someone if they asked for them because they're childlike, Thomas? Yeah. All right. That's our giveaway. This is awesome. So why did you like Thomas so much? Um, I guess is the reason that I like all other machines. Well, he was a train. He was a big machine. Mm-hmm. Um, I like big machines, and I and I don't know why, but we live near the train tracks and hear trains every day. But yet, I'm 13, lives here practically my whole life, and. I still love trains. But you like real trains now more than Thomas. Yeah. 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 Well, that's cool. So when did you stop being so nuts for Thomas the train? I don't know. I don't know either. I was trying to remember. I think it just sort of slowly turned into more and more machines and more and more things. I think once you started talking, um, it got different. Shay? Was there any other kind of sensory stuff? That you, since you don't want to talk about the clothes thing, you remember... That's pretty much the main thing I don't want to talk about. Yeah, it was mainly clothes. It's really common for autistic people, um, just so you know. So let's see. When you started talking, right, and then you started going to school, was school hard for you? Uh, yeah, a little. What was hard? Well, making friends, I guess. I think that's interesting because you're the one that always has a girlfriend. I know, it's strange. I'm 13, I had nine girlfriends. But yeah, it's kind of hard to make friends. What's the difference between a girlfriend and, like, just a buddy? Well, a buddy, I guess, you can, you know, you, you feel comfortable with, but... A buddy, like, I can't, I I don't really, I know it's different, but I don't necessarily know how. Let's make a guess. You're really good with hanging out and having a girlfriend. Maybe that's because when you have a girlfriend, you know your job is to be a boyfriend. Yeah. Maybe, do you know what your job is when you're trying to be a buddy? Do you know what that's, what the job is, how to do it? Well, just pay attention to them, you know, pay attention to them. I think that's how you be a boyfriend. I think it's different. I think you're right. I think when you're just a buddy, it's more like you just sort of are together enjoying the same things. So do you like the same things as other guys your age? Mm, Some of them. Okay. Are they your buddies? Yeah. There we go. We solved your problem. Cool, huh? Mm-hmm. So today at school, do you fit in well? Do you feel like you do okay? Yeah. Is it hard for you to do the schoolwork, or is it okay? It's hard. Is it? Yeah. What's hard about it? Um, well, I don't necessarily know the answers because... I don't always listen to the teacher. I kind of like 
live in my own world in my head. What do you do inside your head? Um, things that are impossible. Like what? What's something you you are thinking about while you're supposed to be listening to the teacher? Things that I want to do that I wish I could do, like um, like just when I teach, like ways to freak people out. I, I like freaking people out. Like what? Like if I were able to do this, when the teacher would leave the room, um, I would make um parts of my body, like maybe my hands, like turn into something, freak people out. Oh, like superpowers. Oh, like yeah. Very cool. So you want superpowers in your brain? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, I don't know that that's unusual. There's lots of creative people, Shay. People that are very creative think like that. So maybe we should take it and go, you're almost not autistic, you're just artistic. What? It's just a a way of saying that you've gotten a lot better, and you're right, you still have some, a few little weird things, but the stuff you're imagining can just be artistic stuff, like you could write a story, about being a superhero and freaking people out in class, or you could make a movie about. Things I already, that- I, I already wanted to make a movie, but I and I wanted to type all the stuff on the computer, but I don't, I I can't really type. I type like a word a minute, and I don't want to waste so much time just typing. You could write it and just write it on a piece of paper and get someone else to type it. I know, I know, but I also can't really spell. Plus, um, plus it's a it's a movie idea, so it's like it's like I I want it to be to where only I know about it. Uh, well, I tell you what, you figure out how the fastest way to write it. Don't worry about spelling. When you're ready, someone else can type it into a script writing program. So they'll just type it in and they'll be a fast typer and you'll have created it. You'll still get the credit. They're just a typer. When you're ready. I mean, I could, I, I could feel ready right now if you ask me, like, what could happen in it and whatnot like that. Well, we don't have time for that for the radio thing, but you go ahead and write that and I'd love to read it. Yeah, I'll look into that. All right, buddy. Anything special you want to say to the audience? I guess I have advice for... Both people, you know, parents and the children. Okay. What Maybe is it? for the for the parents, um, let your child be themselves and let them learn, um, you know, slowly. Let them keep their pace. Oh, that's awesome. And for the uh, um, kids, and or if you're still kind of autistic and you're grown up or teenager um i guess be yourself and pretty much just try to make everything work as well as possible and again it's sort of the same thing go at your own pace and that's okay yeah i think that's good advice jay you know why because once you get to a place where you can do everything it doesn't really matter how old you are right yeah. You're now doing everything. Mm-hmm. Okay. Thank you. That was really good stuff. I really appreciate you talking to me. You're welcome. Okay.
Okay. Thank you. Okay, okay, okay. We have finally made it to the great guest giveaway. This is my new portion of the show, which I totally love because it gives people an opportunity to talk about their products, uh, talk about their company, and I don't even have to agree. We're just all shopping together. I am going to make a confession, though. In this case, I know the person. In fact, uh, Julie Sando, somebody that's made many of the programs that I do much more effective. So without further ado, Julie Sando has a decade or over a decade of experience in the autism field. She's trained in several modalities and worked with over 500 families with children who are on the autism spectrum. She is the founder of Autistically Inclined and the creator of Natural Play Therapy. So Julie, hello. Hi. So tell us about your company, Autistically Inclined. Yes. Well, I work with families who have children on the autism spectrum. Not necessarily limited to autism either. I, you know, I've worked with kids who have brain injuries and adults and um, people with ADHD, all sorts of different things. Um, the main thing being, the main specialty we have is being able to connect with kids in a in a deeper way. So. It's a it's a play-based approach where we get into the children's world and get on their level and play with them and create a much more natural type approach. So it's not not sitting at a table, more just looking at how can we play with this child or play with this person, be with this person, and, and get into what they love to do and, and help them to show some more interest in what we love to do, too. Okay, so there's, there are other play therapies out there, um, what makes yours special or different? Great question. Well, I think that one one main thing is that we're really open to other approaches. I've trained in a lot of different modalities, and what I've come to learn is that there isn't one program that fits every single child. And, you know, we're, we're asking our kids to be flexible. <laughs> That's one of the main things we ask of them. But we've got to be flexible, too. And, and so I work with a lot of families who have tried a lot of different therapies, and they say, well, this technique from RDI really worked well, or this technique from ABA worked really well, or this technique from, from whatever program it may, may be worked really well. And so I, I partner with parents to help them get clear on what parts of the programs they've done they really like and really jive with them and, and pull from that. And then I offer them ideas from my experiences and our experiences in, in the different modalities that, that I've trained in. So it's the only one that isn't a rule-based program. It's more about giving parents guidelines, helping them realize what feels best to them. So super individualized. Yes. Thank you. That's, a, that, that's the one-sentence way to say it. <laughs> yeah, but you have five minutes. <laughs> so, seriously. so, Julie, what, what is natural play therapy? Um, that is what it is. So natural play therapy is what I just described. And autistically inclined offers that, mo- the, the, that pro as a program. In, in natural play therapy, I train school districts, parents, um, professionals, speech therapists, anybody. So you'd go to naturalplaytherapy.com to learn about receiving training in, in more of a professional sort of way. And if, if you're a parent who's wanting training, you would go to Autistically Inclined or another vendor who um, is certified in natural play therapy. Okay, fantastic. Now, this is the great guest giveaway, which means you're the guest and you have to give something away. And a lot of my people that listen are all over the world, so it has to be something that somebody like in India could get. 
So what what are you going to give away? I'm so excited because um, I I would love to give away to three different people free hour long consultation where you can ask any question about your child and I can help give you some ideas and point you in some directions and the way that that can happen in India without having to change my long distance plan is we could do that over <laughs> Skype because um, there's lots of different ways I work with families all over the world as well and so. Skype has been a great friend of mine. So if one of our um, listeners is thinking, wow, you know, I'm so confused by all of these various therapy choices, would you say that this would be a good use of your time then for them to just call and say, look, just help me make sense of what I should do next? Absolutely. Absolutely, yes. I mean, if if they're unclear on how how to help your child, with tantrums or how to pick a therapy that works best for you or how to help your child eat new foods or be more flexible or use more language or look at you more, have a longer attention span or figure out um, if, a, if a program that you're currently using is a good fit for you, any of those things. Or, I'm or, or become normal because this is called Are You Normal too. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, wow, that was controversial. Okay. Uh, no, we're playing. Normal is so overrated. Actually, it's less than half the population. Last time I saw a number was 41%. Yeah. So, you know, what does that tell you? Let's make it. you so special needs that you're normal. Okay, so <laughs> I, I just want to know how the people do this. The first three people to email you at where? My assistant is Carrie Lynn, uh, so K-E-R-I-L-Y-N at autisticallyinclined.com, and I'll spell that too, A-U-T-I-S-T-I-C-A-L-L-Y, inclined.com. Okay, and I will, of course, have this on the website if they didn't have a pen. So the first three people that put uh, a new spin on autism in the subject line will get a free one-hour-long consultation by Julie Sando from Autistically Inclined. Time for Stories from the Road. Well, thank you to everybody. Thank you to Ryan, Shay, Becklin. I could probably close this show on any one of you, but I was trying to think, how do I bring an answer? And how do I keep the story on the road? <laughs> I came up with it. It's Declan, darling Declan. Um, I actually did have the pleasure of delivering Declan, Shay as well. Uh, their mother goes into labor very quickly. So fortunately, I armed myself with a lot of knowledge and learned how to uh, be the, on the receiving end of the birth canal. So Declan was born on the road, literally. We were traveling and staying in a cabin, and my daughter looked at me and went, here we go. And I said, okay, got on my catcher's glove, and there there was this little beautiful uh, mulatto child. So Declan was born on the road. My daughter, the great birthing mom, <laughs> managed to do it without a Peep. And uh, we, I called 911, so they got there in time to be the ones to cut the cord, but not to catch the child. Because they took her up on a stretcher and got them to the hospital, and everything was perfect. 
it was a time when they were deciding to do inoculations and immunizations uh, when the children were just born. And I don't know whether they're still doing that. I hope not. But And I don't know if this is the reason that this happened for Declan. But I do know that um, he's the only one of the children that got that and the only one that showed symptoms of autism by five months of age. The blessing for Declan, the blessing was that he was the sixth child in the family that I managed to see autism on. By Declan, we weren't waiting. As you heard, Shay also, has, her other son, also was autistic. But we waited on him. I kept thinking, I'm just imagining it. I've got autism on the brain. I see autism everywhere. I work with autism. My sons were autistic. You know, I'm just making this up. Well, he's four years old and not talking. Well, okay. I'm not making it up. He's really got the symptoms. So though we have a way of acting with children that encouraged him to grow and change, he really wasn't until we really focused on him and, and decided to make a difference. Thus, when Declan came along and five months into his life started twisting and you know, to avoid eye contact and didn't want people to hold him or touch him except his mom or, like I said, me on the trampoline or while I was dancing, he was up all night crying. He was vomiting everything. He would have screaming fits immediately. I said, okay, we're not waiting for a diagnosis. I already know what to do. Let's just do it. That's today's answer. Just do it. When you see the symptoms of autism, I do want you to go on the net and look for the diagnostician. I do want you to try to find out, you know, what is autism? And the answer to that is it's a disability wherein the children have a communication problem. They have um, a problem in that they want to do the same activity over and over again. It's called a repetitious behavior or perseverative behavior. They, you know, they usually have sensory issues. In fact, all the kids that I've ever met have sensory issues. So sometimes they don't want to wear their clothes or they're throwing up, whatever it is. And they have social problems. The second you see any of these things show up, be simultaneous in your attack. Yes, go out and find therapies. Yes, go out and, and look for a diagnosis. But don't wait for all that. With Declan, we immediately started trying to get eye contact. We immediately started to show him a world that would embrace the way he was and would encourage him to change. We went, sure, you don't like looking at us, but we like looking at you. Come on, baby, look over here. Isn't it awesome? Isn't it awesome? We held him and held him and squeezed him. We did everything we knew to do. So when you see your child looking as if they're developing autism, everything they seem afraid of, everything they avoid, encourage, but encourage it beautifully, respectfully. Otherwise, they pull away and you pull away and the distance between you grows. And by the time your child is older, and he finally has his diagnosis, it will be a harder road. As you noticed, everyone but Declan that I interviewed today thinks they're still a little bit autistic. You haven't got any control of where your child lands on the spectrum, but you do have control of when you start working with them.
Start right away. Don't wait. Just get in there. Love, hug, snuggle, ask for eye contact, ask for words. Just ask, 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 ask with joy, 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 joy. And that is today's answer. And for those of you parents who um, who didn't make it in time, whose child is already diagnosed, and maybe there are five or six before you started, you know, doing various therapies, you know, that's okay. You found out when you found out. You did it. You do it when you can. And if it helps you, just to know that my son was 23 with no language before I found neurofeedback and I was able to help him gain language. So you never really are past the point of no return, but it does get harder. All right? I'm Lynette Louise, your story teacher host. This is a new spin on autism, answers, and next three shows is going to be called This Therapy, That Therapy. I've broken it, broken it up into three because I want to give everyone a chance to actually talk. Um, so we're going to look at all the different behavior therapies that are out there, at least a handful of them anyway, and give you something to choose from. Thank you for being here.